Good day and welcome to The Buzz, a Bank Automation News podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Lorraine Lawson. Recently, I spoke with Jesse McCarkew, Senior Solutions Engineer with the robot process automation company Nintex. I asked Mr. McCarkew what types of processes he sees banks automating with bots. So a lot of the times it comes down to um, automating more of the um, repetitive time-consuming tasks, um, things like that. So such as you kind of like I was just speaking to um, the creation of new customer accounts, um, things like that. Another big one there where we focus in on is when banks go through acquisitions. So merging multiple banks, um, backend systems into one. Um, so leveraging solutions like RPA to, you know, kind of comb through that data, um, normalize it into wherever it's finally going to be resting. So, you know, if it's coming from multiple sources, how do you get it into one single view to be consumed in, you know, a, a, into a CRM or into a, another banking core system so that way there it can be used, you know, in the, in the new bank moving forward. Um, from there, I would also say that we are starting to see more, um, more automation efforts around self-help. So how do uh, existing customers um, reach out to the bank for a variety of reasons, whether it's uh, disputes, um, you know, basic, uh, you know, requests, um, to, you know, about any sort of like, uh, like loans or funding or things like that to, you know, even just, um, you know, opening up, uh, new accounts and things like that. So it's kind of a widespread, um, you know, view into it, but probably the biggest one is really around, I would say the, um, the acquisition side is probably what I get pulled into the most. Okay. Are there opportunities or or maybe ways you see other types of businesses automating that you think could translate to financial institutions or opportunities they're missing when it comes to automating with RPA? Um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, with RPA, I, I think there's probably opportunity around, um, you know, extending it out to, other systems that banks are working with and not focusing in on just, you know, legacy core applications, um, you know, like green screens, um, you know, uh, you know, AS 400s and things like that. The things that are maybe a bit more antiquated, um, you know, it's, uh, it's the idea around how can you take RPA and augment it into, you know, things like workflows to help bridge the gap. Um, I think a lot of banking institutions, a lot of financial institutions are still on a lot of legacy applications for a variety of reasons. Um, I think that they work in environments that are maybe uh, a bit more restrictive in terms of what technology can be deployed to it. So an RPA solution being deployed locally that has access to a variety of other uh, systems is a, is a great feature and a great tool to have in their toolbox because it allows things such as, you know, for us, you know, something like Nintex Workbook Cloud to be able to communicate to our Nintex RPA product. So now you have a tool that sits inside of their environment, has access to their, um, their systems that are behind their firewall, 
but potentially could reach out to bridge the gap where processes live outside of their environment, where they need to interact with more a more modern interface. So I think RPA is not just a tool where you know, we think of the highly repetitive, um, you know, the time-consuming tasks. It's also, it can help feed those systems that are just not tied into modern interfaces um, that we see in, you know, in a lot of different marketplaces and things like that. So we're always looking for best practices for deploying bots, for I'm writing a story right now on governing bots, um, sure. and just automation in general. So uh, what, what best practices can you share? For RPA or just automation? Either one. Sure. Um, well, I'll, 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 I'll start with, well, I guess it's kind of applicable to both, right? So I think first and foremost is, um, you know, best practices is definitely uh, understanding what you're building before you start building. Um, there's a reason why architects draw up schematics and blueprints when they're building a building and not just, you know, picking up a hammer and some boards and start slapping it together. There's a reason why um, solution engineers sit down and think about all the different tools that they have available to build out the best solution possible, because you need to understand not only what systems are in play, but what are the capabilities of the tools that you have in, at your disposal, such as an RPA product, such as uh, workflow automation. Um, what can they do for you? Um, so I think you know first and foremost, um, planning, right? Understanding what you're building and why you're building. Um, I would say also too is um, the start, uh, you know, start small, um, and grow naturally. Um, just, you know, virtue of automating a process, you're also improving that process, right? Because uh, process improvement is a natural byproduct of process automation. So the idea is, is, you know, automate what the process is today. Right? There's no reason to try to compound the project or the issue at hand by trying to improve it and automate it all at the same time. If you purely just automate it, you quickly find where the gaps are. You quickly find where the extra steps are that can be removed. And just by doing those things, you're improving that process. Now, from there, kind of moves into more best practices. Is just because you've automated it doesn't mean you're done there is that continuous cycle to come back and look at a process and understand how has it evolved? How has it changed? Are there better ways of doing business today that weren't available when we automated this process? Um, I think in the kind of the world scene right now, a lot of what organizations went through with the pandemic understood that and those that understood that well were the ones that were successful because they reevaluated their processes. They doubled down on automation. They went back and they looked at how to improve processes to be successful rather than just being complacent in the way that they do things. Um, and I think that's really important to you know plan to, to really understand your automation as a whole, but then go back and look at it and say, where else can I improve? 
um, and continually driving towards that. What's new for you all? What What are you are you any announcements you want to make or might be making soon? Um, I mean, what I, what I can say, uh, I'll, I'll stick to that, I guess. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we, we recently made the announcement around our acquisition with a sure sign. Um, oh. so that's, that's been a, a nice, uh, addition into our stack. Um, you know, we're still in the processes of finalizing everything. Um, right. But that's really a, a nice additive step into, or a nice additive tool into our toolbox because, a lot of processes, you know, they do require some sort of sign off, right? They require some sort of legal binding contract. Um, so now organizations don't need to go out and handle a bunch of different subscriptions with, you know, a variety of vendors to have an e-signature, you know, as a part of their overall process. The nice thing is Nintex will be able to offer that um, as a part of our subscription, you know, for those that wanted and need it. And now have one single license, one single subscription that manages, uh, you know, more of what they're trying to automate and improve upon. Um, I think that is is probably one of our bigger ones. Um, you know, and also too, right? We're you know looking at um, you know expanding out our footprint with Nintex Workflow Cloud, really expanding upon that platform and the functionality. Um, you know, we recently. Uh, you know, released a, a PDF converter inside of our forms tool to allow organizations to take their PDF forms and convert them into Nintech Workbook Cloud forms, um, you know, as a part of the tool. So really cool and exciting things because we want to help expedite, uh, you know, our users and our customers uh, in that journey towards automation. So you see, uh, and this could be any business, but do you see a lot of applications with RPA with artificial intelligence? And what does that look like? Um, potentially, um, I don't see a lot of that um, today. Um, I, 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 I kind of have, I don't want to say mixed emotions about artificial intelligence uh, and things like that. I think a lot of organizations, when they think of AI, what they are really thinking of is, is machine learning um, and things like that. Um, because a lot of the times it falls down to, you know, I want to be able to teach a process something. And that's more of machine learning, repetitive, finding those common places and, and what to do with it based on previous outcomes. Um, I think that's more where the industry is looking towards is having a tool that can learn and grow with it rather than having to continually build out processes um, when a new process comes up. The idea would be, well, you know, hey, these, these things are changing, um, you know, build out a, a bit of a, a scenario and you feed that into the machine learning, you know, algorithms, and then it, it picks up and grows from there. Um, artificial intelligence is kind of a, I don't want to say a slippery slope, but I, I think a lot of people um, probably have misinformation when they think of artificial intelligence. So AI, um, I think machine learning and natural language processing seems to be a better fit, at least right now. 
You've been listening to the buzz of Bank Automation News podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice.